Others say it. We prove it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. seek answers to the questions that have crossed all of our minds. What happens to us when we die? Is there an afterlife? I'm a regular guy who discovered the gift of psychic mediumship in my 30s. My passion for history and the unknown have put me right here, right now. My mantra for anything paranormal is, we don't know much and anything is possible. Join me as we find our way through the stories, evidence, and experiences of the paranormal and beyond in search of answers, even if that leads to more questions. Are you with me? Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Paranormal Pete Show, episode 12 on Fat Tuesday, February 16th. And uh, we're on Let's Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com. We have been streaming to Facebook, streaming shows to the Let's Talk Radio Facebook page. So if you haven't checked that page out, just go to Facebook, type in Let's Talk Radio, and you'll find it. So we have been streaming there, but tonight we're going audio only, old school style, I guess, um, (laughs) on the station at (laughs) WLTKDB.com. And tonight... I'm excited to bring on my special guest, Nicole Strickland, host of the Afterlife Chronicles, right here on Let's Talk Radio. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we've, we don't have as crazy a weather as everywhere else seems to be having right now, but right. we uh, here in uh, Port Gamble along the water, we got about a foot of snow over the weekend and so we're got in some good sledding and then it went away within two days oh, so it looks it fun. looks like looks like spring and just the other day it looked like tundra so oh my gosh <laughs> yeah san diego is so boring we just got a few sprinkles and pretty much that's it nothing you, special <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> how far do you have to go to get to snow if you wanted to go play in the snow about an hour, typically, like 45 That's minutes to an hour. Bad. Yeah, not too bad. So, yeah. oh, sledding. That sounds like so much fun. Sledding and snowboarding. It's, fun. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've used to ski and uh, tried snow. I've only tried snowboarding once. And I spent most of the day picking myself up off the ground. Oh, yeah. So, me too. When know. I tried it. Yeah. I couldn't even <laughs> walk the next day. You know that. Yeah. But it's yeah. fun. But you know, good old sledding. I think we're gonna have to get some tubes for next year. But we had we had fun, and it was fun to watch uh, my girls. One one wiped out, and the other one jumped her while oh she was laying gosh. on the ground, and it was it was pretty classic. So, oh my gosh, <clears throat> America's Funniest Home Videos, material. right? There you go. Right? What is <laughs> so, it? The hundred thousand dollar winner? There you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good stuff. So yeah, that was, it was good, and glad you're doing well. And geez, it seems like power was out everywhere uh, up here in the Northwest, and uh, we got real lucky. I mean, how'd you guys fare down there? We're doing pretty much okay. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I think SoCal pretty much is the only area that's not experiencing <laughs> any like crazy stuff right now. Oh, well, good. 
<laughs> yeah, besides yeah, besides COVID for sure. Well, uh, I mean, I, I know you were probably awaiting announcements for the upcoming Oregon Ghost Conference yes. at the end of March, but their power was out, so they couldn't really get the word out. Oh uh, so I think details are coming. So Yeah, yeah, um, I figured. I, I yeah. just went on the Oregon Ghost Conference website, and so mm-hmm. I figured, yeah. I talked to Kristen, too, the other day, and she's. I told her to let me know like everything, so yeah looking yeah. forward to it yeah well it sounds like they're going virtual and they're gonna yeah. do a week-long uh series of events so yeah uh, ghost week leading up to to the three days at the end of it so i think it's march 21st through 28th i think you're right and, yeah yeah that sounds about right so yeah i'm hope looking forward to it i mean i'm hoping i get to help out with it of um, course you yeah. know and it's it's such a fun conference and just look up oregongoastconference.com and you see details are coming out real soon so keep that on your radar and they also have a facebook page um so just search out oregon ghost conference and and check it out um and then you know i'm hoping things are going pretty well so far in my neck of the woods uh, and, uh, our County was just upgraded a phase. And so hopefully we can keep going in that trajectory. Oh, and, that's great. Yeah. So fingers crossed for November 5th through 7th up here in Port Gamble for that ghost conference. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love both the Oregon ghost conference and your conference are just great. So oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I've, I've been encouraging people, uh, the listeners out there, um, you know, go to the chat on the station uh, chat there. Go to WLTKDB.com. Let us know what your favorite ghost conference is, uh, wherever that may be, overseas or here in the States. Uh, and I'll be sure to mention it. So if you have a conference that you'd like to go to, definitely, you know, get on the chat and let us know. And, and I'll be sure to mention it. But uh, if you ever have a chance to go to a ghost conference and you haven't yet, uh, definitely check it out because it can really be a helpful experience um more than just a fun experience so totally check those out yeah there's so much fun to meet people and and um you know just to hear all the different points of view and totally on on the paranormal yeah. yeah it's 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 i just love it it's a lot of fun so looking forward to details coming out from the ghost conference and I hope to have um, Rocky from the Oregon Ghost Conference on in March to oh, talk about great. it. So, yeah. Awesome. That'll, yeah, I'll definitely catch that episode. I can't always catch the live ones, but I always definitely get the archives. Yep. So. And, and I think most of the listeners out there are probably the same way. Yep. It's hard right. to catch it live, but it's always yeah. easy to catch it afterwards. That's um, right. <laughs> the station archive. Yeah. So it's always easy. You can go to the station website, check out the archive, or you can find it on um podbean and you know yeah. google podcasts and um on amazon music and spotify so yeah i think most people have a hard time catching the live show but it's always nice to when you're driving you can go check out you know one of the shows so there's a lot of great shows on the station and nicole post one of them <laughs> yeah and so <laughs> and here's <laughs> yeah oh whoa that's weird i think um, you do i think yeah. anyways hmm. <laughs> But uh, so your show, the Afterlife Chronicles, is on Thursday nights, and you know what kind of what got you started with that? 
Oh my gosh. You know, I've, well, I've guessed, I've been a guest on a lot of shows as I'm sure you have as well. And I don't know. It's just one of those things. I think the stars had to align just right. I, I've been contemplating <laughs> having a show for a while. I just didn't know when, what day of the week, all of that, all the logistics. And then mm-hmm. I started producing uh, for Todd, Todd Voices Radio. I think it was back in May of 2020. And uh, I saw that he had some openings. I'm like, you know what? Let's just do this. And so that's kind of where it, that's kind of where it came about. So it's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. <clears throat> that's it, almost exactly what I said. And you know, yeah, getting involved. And you you helped me get involved with that by booking me on Todd's Haunted Voices show. Oh so, yeah, so much fun. Uh, and yeah, it was kind of one of those. You know, is the timing right? Uh, right. Okay. Okay. Sure. I'm not sure, but I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Right. Let's, I'm like, well, I don't know. Do I just just do it. I'm already on the ride. Let's finish. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. E- exactly. And you know, for those who haven't checked out your show yet, um, what's like? You know, what's what's one thing that you hope you accomplish with the show? I think that, uh, well, I, I like to talk with different guests and get their, their points of view. I think one thing is to uh, get people to see the, the connection between mortality and the afterlife and, I guess, be more open to the beauties, I guess, of that connection. So I guess that's one goal. That's probably the main goal is just yeah. uh, opening up people's minds and and giving them the opportunity to to hear the viewpoints of of many different yeah. guests. So, yeah, and I feel like you know uh, a lot of people in the paranormal field. It's they're just normal people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's there's kind of a probably a stereotype that people think of in their mind when they hear of a quote unquote you know ghost hunter or paranormal investigator and stuff. But you know we're all normal people and. And I, I agree. It's, it's, you know, hopefully you can, you know, open someone's mind to possibilities and just, you know, whether they've experienced that connection to the afterlife or not, uh, at least to maybe recognize that it could be there. So, yeah. yeah. Well said. It, yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Um, and I've just had so much fun doing this whole thing. And <laughs> I, am I hope so for glad. Oh my gosh. Oh, when Todd, yeah. Todd told me, he was like, yeah, Pete got the last, I think at the time, the last spot. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. <laughs> I was so happy. Oh, right yeah. On. Yeah. yeah. It's been a lot of fun. And I hope, uh, you know, for our, the listeners out uh, on the East coast where it's really late, um, you know, that I'm not putting anybody to sleep out there. So especially not even. If you're dry. <laughs> not even. So prime time. It's prime so, time um, now. Prime time. Yeah, right. Don't need the news music. Prime time. Um yeah, so that's I right. I didn't realize I didn't realize, Nicole, that you offer classes just on a you know, on a regular basis. Yeah, I do. They're yeah, just tell me kind a little of, bit about that. I didn't know. I didn't know. You oh, did yeah. Those. I mainly just do uh, paranormal research or investigation, like 101 courses. And then mm-hmm. I have one for, uh, I call it, I think, 201. Um, and it's just, 
I've, I do them as they come up. So like if people email me and they want to take a course, I'll, I'll offer them. Uh, and usually I do them at my clubhouse here in San Diego. Sometimes I've done them virtually, but yeah, just, uh, just an introduction to uh, paranormal investigation and just getting into all the, the avenues with that. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know you had done that and shoot, I think, uh, you know, even if you've been investigating for quite some time, it's good to, you know, take a course every once in a while, even a, you know, one-on-one. Um, I did paranormal boot camp with the league of extra century gentlemen. Oh and, yeah. That's a you fantastic know, that, class. Yeah. I, I felt like I learned a lot. <laughs> you right, know, and, yeah. And you always leave going, yeah. You know, I need to learn more. That's uh, a, and that's my mindset. And it's like when I offer a class, I tell people, I'm like, look, I'm no expert. There are no experts in the field, but this is just stuff that I've learned and, and what works for me. And, yeah. and I impart that information. But yeah, it's great to to learn from different people and, and uh, discuss different methodologies and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah but it, their boot camp is great. That's a great course. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. And so people, you can, uh, if you're interested in a class from Nicole, you can uh, find out by going to authornicolestrickland.com and you can see everything. So, uh, and you're an author as well. And, you know, it seems like you're, you're always working on something and, and putting something out. I think that's really cool. So congrats. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Congrats on continuing. And um, now, what is your, what's the latest one? So I have, so the latest one, it's funny because it's the same title as the radio show. It's the afterlife chronicles explore. <laughs> I know, right. Exploring <laughs> the connection between life, death and beyond. So that's going to be published in fall of 2021 by Schiffer. So awesome. I just get into a lot of my own, uh, I guess, viewpoints regarding that connection between mortality and the spirit realm, and there's several different stories. You're in you're in that book as well. People that have had very profound, inspirational stories with the spirit realm. So throughout the book, you get to read those stories. So yeah, it was a lot of fun to write. Uh, I finished it. When did I finish it? I think it was May of 2020. It's weird though with the pandemic. I feel like I haven't been as busy as I normally am prior right. to the pandemic and I almost I have a little bit more time on my hands so it's weird it's like I yeah just, I I, I, just, I think that a lot of people experience that like you're thinking you know oh work from home um you yeah know, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have all this time and then you're like okay it's the end of the day all of a sudden and you're yeah, exactly. exhausted <laughs> totally that's you it. Know? that's like every day yeah it's 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 kind of a weird conundrum that that we're all in because i feel i feel the same way um you know try to be productive and yeah. you know and and do stuff but the time's just i don't know the whole last year just flew fast, oh i know so. i mean march 13th i think is when the you know, crap hit the fan, if you will. And it's already yeah. going to be like, where did this year go? It's crazy. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. I think uh, my band played our last gig on March 6th. Oh my gosh. And so, then everything got shut down. Yeah. And so we're all itching to, to get out and play, but not, 
you know, well, not until it's safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's getting there. At least she went up a notch. I think your your system up there is a little bit different than ours, but San Diego is um, yeah. still pretty much our stay-at-home order was lifted a couple of weeks ago or last week, I think it was, but we're still pretty bad. It's just like, yeah. oh my gosh, I want things to go back to normal. But it's, it's really, it's so sad, all the people that have passed away. It, it's terrible. Yeah, uh, that is, it's a huge loss of life. Yeah. And, and no matter what people are passing from, you know, it's sad. But it yeah, is. just a huge loss of life and and a lot of it um, suddenly, you know, happened quickly for people. Oh, I know. Um crazy i mean in a lot i mean just imagine being in the icu and and not having your family around and then on and then the nurses and the doctors that have to experience you know losing someone every day it's it's Mm -hmm. been really tough i mean i one of my friends four four or five family members have passed away from covid that's too 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 much i don't know how somebody could really bear that that's no i know it's terrible yeah. Um, I mean, I've been asking some of my guests here, here and uh, every once in a while, um, you know, have you felt an, an, the energy shift this last year? I mean, it's still kind of continuing. Did you feel like just overall different? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, myself, <laughs> like I felt it with myself, but also outside as well. I, and I, I can't really explain exactly what that is, but I, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. There's definitely yeah. something different going on. Yeah. I think, you know, everybody's empathic to, you know, maybe a different degree from each other, but right. You know, I think everybody's kind of, you know, was feeling that. And I just hope that out there that, you know, realize that, feeling other people's emotions and the emotions that are out there, the energy that everyone is putting out, you know, the stress and everything, realizing that it's just, you're feeling everybody else's energy and it's maybe not necessarily your energy may help. You know, I think it might help somebody to, you know, rather than thinking they're just depressed, maybe it might be something else. And hopefully, you know, I encourage anybody, if you're feeling you know, that way and talk to a professional if you can and, you know, and, and, um, or see a, you know, spiritual person that you trust and, you know, they may be able to, you know, say, Hey, you've got all this bad energy caked on you. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's, that's from the world. Yeah. So. Well said. And I think it's, it's hard to know, okay, is this my anxiety or my depression or is it, am I sensing someone else's, especially now because everyone's on edge and, you know, Mm -hmm. depression has increased, anxiety has increased, but I think it's important to, to just be patient with yourself and and not judge yourself during this time. It's, it's hard for everyone, some more than others, but we're all, we're all in this together really. So I've even noticed with myself, I've had uh, a little bit more uh, prone to anxiety and that sort of thing. And I just try to like deal with it, meditate every day. And, mm-hmm. you know, so that's all so, we can do. Yeah. In, in your experiences, um, you know, through the years with the paranormal, I mean, do you use psychic abilities? Do you, you know, use empathic abilities, you know, when you investigate or just in regular life? I think both. I, you know, I haven't gone on record saying that I'm a psychic medium, but uh, I, I, I 
probably. I mean, I, I'm like you. I think everyone uh, has the ability to be uh, psychic, be uh, empathic, and have intuition. I just think, you know, I always say this. It's like kind of like a sport. The more you play it, the more you practice it, the better you get. Sure. But yeah, I've I'm more on the empathic side. Um, definitely, that's probably my strength. But what's interesting is as I've come along in the field, and the the more I'm exposed to it, I've I've found that other uh, senses have have grown as well. So I'm my clairaudience skills have, been, have improved, and uh, clairvoyant skills have improved, and so I find that really interesting. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit more after our first station break here Sure. on Let's Talk Radio. We'll dive more into that with guest Nicole Strickland on the Paranormal Pete Show. I'm Peter Bay, your host, and we're going to pay the bills. We'll be right WLTK DB Let's Talk Ever wanted to host your own radio show? If your answer is yes, then the time to act is now. WLTK DB Let's Talk is now accepting new programming more affordable than ever. You create the show idea and we'll take care of the rest. Not only do we create your program intro and provide broadcast training, but also syndicate you to popular outlets like Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. You get all of this starting at 100 bucks per month. Three packages to choose from and built to make your wallet happy. Contact us at WLTKDB.com with your show idea and let's bring your dream to life. All topics accepted and you have full rights to your program. Contact us today and reserve your spot on WLTKDB Let's Talk. What are you waiting for? Let's do this. Well, they Paranormal Pete Show, episode 12, crazy episode 12. Yeah. Crazy. I can't believe it's been that many episodes so far. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I'm your host, Peter Orbea, and we're on Let's Talk Radio, WLTKDB.com. Got special guest Nicole Strickland with us tonight. And before the break, we were just kind of talking about, you know, I asked Nicole if she uses psychic abilities or, you know, when she investigates or just in everyday life. And you were alluding to, you know, you feel like everybody's got some sort of ability and that through your investigations and exposure through the years that, you know, you were feel like your abilities have grown. Yeah, definitely. Um, empathic, uh, like I said, clairaudient, clairvoyant, but yeah, I mean, you just, able to to connect more uh, maybe there's just a little bit more of a comfortability with it but yeah mm-hmm. i can't explain how it just <laughs> is and that's probably how it is with with many people the, you know, yes the field i'm sure you can i i feel like i've barely scratched the surface in knowing how it works <laughs> i know right i mean or why it works <laughs> exactly i mean if someone could answer that question i would run because it's like we don't know it's uh, yeah yeah like uh, my show intro we don't know yeah. much we don't know much and anything's possible and i love that you know i, I think if you just have that kind of more of a broad mindset like that it it uh it helps you keep your mind open. That's for sure. But yeah, totally. I feel 
I feel, you know, it's cliche, you know, almost when you, you know, when you say everybody's a psychic in some way, but it's really not. It's, I think it's a, it's truth. <laughs> I think it is. Too. I know. I mean, it is, it no. is cliche, but I, I agree. I think it. Yeah. No. I mean, it's not fact. I don't know that I can prove it f- factually, but I believe it's the, the truth. I think everybody, you know, is in some way. Um, yeah. Some you know, are just more open to it than others, I guess. Yeah. I think it's, you know, your, you know, environment, environment yeah. you, you grow up in and culture and religion and all that kind of stuff plays a factor in it. And, and, uh, you know, I was think of, you know, the, the women's intuition, you know, the quote unquote women's intuition. Yeah. We uh, do have some of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where's, where's that come from? It's, you know, it's, it's, I think psychic ability. Yeah. And, and it's so, magical. It's magical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to learn, learn to recognize it. And so I'm curious, you know, as you've kind of noticed things with um, your own abilities, I mean, do you take pretty good notes when you're, um, you know, investigating or if you feel like, you know, you're sitting on your couch and all of a sudden you feel like you're having an experience? I mean, do you write it down? Uh, you know, on an investigation, yeah. I mean, obviously, note taking. Mm-hmm. We, I do. Uh, sometimes I'll notate into my audio recorder, uh, especially if I'm like mm-hmm. kind of in an area where other people won't hear me. But yeah, I do notate quite a bit on an investigation. Now, if it's just I'm sitting at home and I'm watching TV and I have an experience, not necessarily that, but I'll I'll make a mental note of it, so to speak. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Put it. Yeah. Something that you can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah how's your handwriting in the dark on an investigation oh my God. well my handwriting i mean i should have been a doctor my handwriting <clears throat> sucks even in the daylight but yeah I, sometimes i'll just do like little bullet points but yeah <laughs> they're like yeah. chicken scratches but yeah mine's like hieroglyphics um, <laughs> mine's worse is, than that <laughs> yeah it's like hieroglyphics that have been weathered for three thousand years on a sandstone you can't even tell what it is you're like Uh, what is it then you need psychic ability to decipher it's like what did i write what yeah exactly but uh, i you know and that's just something i i like to stress on on the the show is note taking Um, oh yeah you know investigation or just you know psychic work in your own personal life and and keeping a log you know of things and if you you know like if you've got something going on in your house and you're you know kind of hey what was that what yep. was, i'm hearing a voice you know or my door is opening and closing i don't think it should be you know taking a, a log and making note of it super helpful um you know when you do try and check out what's going on in your house or yeah talk, we talk to somebody yeah we tell <laughs> clients that too to just uh keep a log uh and we usually tell them like from the time the activity started and even if we've come in and we've done an investigation, we'll even tell them like even after, just continue to keep that log, uh, yeah. exp- like detail the experience, like what you were doing at the time, uh, the exact time of it, what room you were in, all of that. So that's yeah, very it, important. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's just more helpful and, and it's helpful in the long run. And you, know, you mentioned taking audio notes. I, I really, I like doing that. It's helpful. It's convenient. <clears throat> Yeah, because then you can get the thought down and out of you quicker exactly. than trying to write in the dark and <laughs> exactly and 
you know, and it helps with your audio review and all that kind of stuff. And then there's been way too many times when I've said to myself, oh, I'll remember that. And I don't. So, you know, I always have that notepad <laughs> handy with my pen or a pencil and, and my audio recorder. So, yes. <laughs> well, tell us a little <laughs> bit about your team and, and you co-founded it, right? Yeah, I co-founded it with a couple of people in 2009. They're actually not involved in the paranormal anymore. So I pretty much uh, after 2009, I, I uh, pretty much took over as the sole founder, but it's it's evolved. I mean, I can't believe it's going to be, what, 11 years in October, because it was October of 2009. And it's weird because I've, all, I've worked with a lot of different Southern California teams prior to developing uh, the San Diego Paranormal Research Society. And I didn't even know when I got into the field that I <laughs> wanted to have my own team. It's just, again, <laughs> those stars aligned and there it was. And so it's, it's evolved and... Uh, we research, like many other teams, uh, homes and, and businesses and historical locations. We mainly stay in San Diego County, Southern California region, but we'll go out um, if, if we want, if, you know, if the need arises or mm-hmm. we'll refer out to a team that we trust and feel comfortable with. So, uh, But we're also an educational uh, sort of team. So we like, like you said, uh, we like to host classes and, and presentations We've worked with the community as well uh, with that, with courses and things like that. So we take it, we take it serious. Uh, you know, we're not thrill seeking, although that's fine. But you know, it, <laughs> there's a lot, as you know, that yes. uh, goes into a paranormal case study. I mean, you have all of your historical and adjunct research, and you have mm-hmm. your client interviews. You know, the whole gamut. So we do it. We do it and it takes a lot of time. That's why we typically don't do more than probably one case every couple of months because we want to devote right. time time to that. So, Right. So yeah. You got to have time to really go through your data yeah. that you collect throughout the investigation. Exactly. All kind of, yeah. All the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. How, and has um, COVID affected your guys's work? I mean, have you just pretty much stopped during this time? And, you know, how's that going? Yeah, it has because we host our tours at the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, their fundraising tours, and we were doing that monthly. We've been doing those for about 10 years. And so when COVID hit, uh, the city of Vista halted our tours. I think February was the last time, last February that oh, we can go. I think actually it might have been December, uh, December or January. I'd have to go back. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so the tours have stopped temporarily until things get better. And then investigation wise, yeah, it's been a f- several months since we've gone out. So, yeah. Yeah. But, and you, you gotta, know. you gotta make sure you have all your PPE, you know, if you're, exactly. you know, all going that. out and, you know, yeah. how risky do you, you know, do you want to be? And, yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of wondering, you know, most teams have, you know, it have been affected or, or research in general affected yeah. by all this. And so I'm kind of wondering with, um, kind of a lull from the, other side's perspective from the people, the entities that are on the tours, (laughs) you know, or I wonder if they will be, if once more interaction comes back, if there's going to be, you know, a increase of activity or not, or maybe too. Yeah. Or maybe there's an increase right now and we, none of us are out trying to, you know, documenting it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, you know, these are all things I've thought about too. And I mean, this may sound crazy, but I've even kind of talked openly to 
just from my house to the energies, even at the Adobe, because we're there a lot, they know us. And of course, the Queen Mary, and I've said, look, you know, I've tried to explain situation uh, just to keep them informed, whether they've mm-hmm. heard me or tuned in, I don't know. But uh, yeah. it just feels nice to be able to do that. But yeah, that's that's something that I wonder, too. I wonder how it's going to be when we're back, when things get back to normal and we're back out at these locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That'd and I've I've been able to do um, a couple tours here and there within the within the guidelines. Oh, great! Kind of and kind of changing how I do it so that it's outdoors and everything. Right. Um, but when I have gone into the Walker Ames house here uh, specifically, you know, just to check on the place, and um, I've openly talked uh, to the long term residents there, saying, yeah. "Yeah, I'm not I'm not here in a mask because of you." Right. You know, I, right. I, this isn't because of you or there's no reason to be scared, but we're, you know, we're going through a pandemic much like in 1918. I don't know yes. if you were around during that time, but if you remember, people wore masks then. And so I try and, you know, explain that way. So I don't Excellent. know if it gets through, but I still try. <laughs> I think somehow it does. I think that there's this matrix that somehow, some way it allows, because I don't, I don't believe that you actually have to be in the exact location to communicate with certain energies. Maybe not yeah. all, maybe some you have to, but I believe that you can, you know, from home mm-hmm. or, or remotely. So, well, uh, what do you think about this, you know, in regards to that point? Um, if you like at the Rancho Buena Vista, you've, mm-hmm. you've been out there a lot and, yeah. you know, uh, would you say you have a rapport with the long-term residents there? Oh my gosh. Allie and I both, Allie Schreiber, good friend of mine, uh, co-director of the team. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it didn't start right away. I would say the rapport, it gradually built, but I would say like before the pandemic, I would say probably about three to four months prior to that is when we really started to see this rapport. So yeah, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. What Queen Mary what, too, I would say too, just with some of the yeah. there, of course. But um, so with those places that you're real familiar with and the spirits are familiar with you. Do you think then it's just easy you don't actually have to be in that location because once you've felt that energy once you have made that connection Mm -hmm. um you know spiritually or however you want to look at it uh through through the lens or however you made that connection um do you think that then that makes it easier to um connect with that spirit or at least be able to communicate then i think like from anywhere yeah, I think I think from anywhere and and even at the location, I think once that rapport is built, then they they know where you're coming from. Yeah, uh, they know they can attest to your uh, respect. They know that you're not going to harm them, that sort of thing. So I I mm-hmm. do I think that it it's it, and I don't again we don't know how this works, but once there's <laughs> that rapport between us and an intelligent energy, I think it's 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 synonymous to you know you can have a, a phone call with your grandma, and even though you're you're, you're not with her physically, you know, there's that phone line connection and it's kind of mm-hmm. like that invisible connection. So it's kind of like that, yeah. I guess. So, yeah, no, yeah. I totally, I totally agree because, um, you know, in psychic and, and mediumship work, um, for clients, I kind of feel like once I have a connection with somebody's um, loved one who's passed, 
if I can remember what that felt like in that moment, I can, it can reconnect pretty, yeah. sometimes really fast. And so I kind of think about it. It's almost like predictive text, you know, on your, on your phone, right? Absolutely. When you, when you start yeah. to type the word, it finishes it for you. Exactly. And, you know, oh, boop, that's it. And you're connected. That's a and good so, way of putting it. I like that. I like that <laughs> so analogy. I kind of, I, I totally agree with you that I think that um, because in, in psychic work, you're not always doing readings in the same place. You're not, no. you know, yeah. uh, you're going, you know, if you go to meet somebody or, you know, they're moving, you know, from where they were last time, they're not in the same place they were. So that, you know, would kind of point to once you have that connection that it's, you know, it's, it's easy. And I always laugh that, uh, you know, I've tried to build a rapport here and, in Port Gamble with the, the long-term residents as we call them. Um, <clears throat> and one of the, <laughs> I always laugh thinking about in the attic of this house in the Walker Ames house. And this was a couple of years ago on a, on a tour. And I just started talking about the history uh, you know, about the attic and out of nowhere, if woman's voice says, Oh God, again, <laughs> see that and, i know <laughs> and so i looked over to my right and there's nobody there and i looked over to my left and kind of you know front that's where the group was and you know there was a gal standing there like shaking her head that was not me you know because i was like oh sorry what excuse me <laughs> right know? right and it, you know it seemed like most everybody heard it and we all kind of laughed but it's just oh god again and so that made me be like oh i always mention i'm sorry you have to hear me <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny because we had something similar happen on the on our uh, spirits of the adobe tours and we were nice. in one of the rooms <laughs> where we actually do our our spirit box session so it's kind of uh -huh. like every month you know the energies are like okay here they go again they're going to go in this room and do that they're going to go in this room and do that and so we were in the major domo room and so we were asking uh, a set of questions and we actually had a woman come through saying you all you've you've asked that before and huh. so then it was i remember I, I remember standing there saying i know i'm so sorry and i had to explain kind of like what you've done like you know we do have a, a a tour group here and some guests that want to learn about the history of the home and yeah you know and so as you just feel like really bad though it's like oh my gosh but <laughs> I, so i yeah i can relate because so, it's so funny though it, it it's funny when you when you think about it and you know then i also heard uh um team i used to be on team ops um had done an investigation and i did not hang out and I just, you know, I left and they got something that came through that said, where's Pete? Oh, they're like, wait, Pete left. What? No, he can't leave. What? They told me yeah. they were sick of hearing me. No. <laughs> I love it. The Walker Ames house. I have not been to the attic yet because I, I, I think I just went down to the basement and then like the dining room area. Yeah. It was, it was a very quick walkthrough, but oh it's my a, gosh. It's a cool attic. I mean, just how it is. Um, I wish I could have seen it when it was, um, you know, in better shape and, yeah. um, you know, more finished when the finished stuff was, was still all up, like all the wallpaper and right, I wish, right. wish I could have been up there to, to see it then, but it's just a neat, neat space. People have a lot of experiences up there. 
Um, not so much for me. I mean, I, I feel like I do sometimes. Um, there's, other, you know, other floors in the house where I usually like to hang out because that seems to be where I get the most amount of data uh, that is questionable. <laughs> it's so interesting, least, so. though, like how certain people can have experiences in certain rooms more than others. But mm-hmm. I next time I'm in Port Gamble, I definitely want to take one of your tours there and even maybe do an overnight investigation of the home. Yeah, yeah. It's, that, a, it's, fantastic. it's a neat neat place. And um, yeah, we'll have to set that up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. So uh, speaking of different people having different experiences in different places, I mean, have you found that in your research of the Queen Mary? Do, you know, uh, well, do teams, is it like a place where teams can go investigate? Yeah, uh, it used to be a lot easier to do that uh, mm-hmm. in the past, but of course now we're speaking pre-COVID right now. Right, right. Closed. In normal times. In normal times, right? Yeah, you right. can if you want to go in there. You have to, you know, uh, go through management and all that, and they sure. do have a now uh, unless they've changed it. I think it's um, oh, I forget exactly what the cost is. But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, you can schedule mm-hmm. an investigation led by the resident uh, paranormal investigator. His name is Matt Schultz. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He actually hosts the uh, uh, paranormal investigation investigations of the ship on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, of course, now the ship's closed, but normal times. Right. So I believe now, the way it is now, uh, a team can come in and investigate the ship, and he kind mm-hmm. of acts as, as a docent. I don't know okay. if he necessarily interacts with the teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe he does, but he's there. Um, and so, yeah, well, you can... That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So you can select... Uh, I think you get three hours. You might get more. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually been a while since I've uh, conducted an official investigation of an area yeah. on the Queen Mary, but I, I mean, I've done so many in the past, but yeah, it's... Yeah. it's I mean, you could do the engine room, uh, pretty much any area. Uh, Well, not all areas. Like I know the forward cargo hold is closed, but you can do the pool is having some structural issues. So I don't think they're allowing that, but Mm -hmm. definitely the engine room, boiler rooms, uh, some of the uh, like public spaces like the queen salon, those areas. So. So in your experience there, I mean, do you find that like different teams have more success in a certain specific area, whereas another team seems to have more uh, success with, you know, getting evidence um, in another place? I mean, does it kind of work like that there? A little bit. I would say the Queen Mary is so unique because I find that regardless of what team it is, a lot of people will have some of the same types of reports and the same types of experiences in the the hotspot areas yeah so it's very visual it's very auditory of course those Mm -hmm. that are more familiar with the ship that have maybe been on it more like myself may get more communication uh, with evp and, and things like that but it's just one of those locations where regardless people are having like the similar types of activity. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, kind of what I've what I've found anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I I asked because um here at the Walker Ames house in Port Gamble, it seems like some teams seem to get, you know, 
the bulk of, you know, any decent evidence on one floor. Whereas if another team comes in, they, they on a different floor, that's, you know, it seems to be different for different people. And I was just kind of wondering, I wonder if that's more of an uncommon thing or, you know, if places are usually like consistent. So like people get the same experiences, you know, in the same places for years and years and years sort of thing, or if it's, you know, more unique where, you know, and maybe that's just the human element. Maybe that could be, yeah. And that's our part of being in that environment and possibly manipulating it unconsciously, subconsciously, whatever. Right. I think too, it, it, I think you have to factor in like how many times and locations have been investigated. So in places that are so popular where you have scores and scores of people going in every week, I think that that obviously affects it. I mean, I've, I've heard of situations where a group has gone into a location that hasn't been investigated in in months and they just get tons of activity. I mean, whether it's objective or subjective data, I know at the queen Mary too, uh, it depends, I think, too, on the on the type of spirit. I know Jackie, the little girl that's often uh, seen in the in the former first and third class pool, although she's been spotted in other areas of the liner, she seems to be drawn to certain individuals. So I think it, it depends oh. on on yeah um, yeah JP. Uh, sadly, the crew member that passed away. Uh, and door number 13 in the aft engine room, uh, out of respect for the family, I'm just going to use his initials, he seems to be drawn to certain individuals. Apparently likes girls with longer ha- women with longer hair, but of course will communicate with men as well. So, you know, it's, it's so <laughs> weird. It's so interesting how that all works, though. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird because you want to know why, but you can't get the answers as to why. And, you know, we may never get the answers exactly. until, until we get <laughs> to the afterlife, right? That's, that's right. Until that's, we have those keys that will unlock it. Yeah, yes. That's totally. the big mystery. And that's, you know, what we're all <laughs> looking for is answers and, you know, validate our own crazy experiences. So we feel better. <laughs> I know, right? That's true. That's so true. Well, I want to I want to revisit a little bit the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. I, yeah, it sounds like I mean I I would like to visit there someday. There's so many places I want to go and, and I know, check out, me too. but um, it seems like that there's a pretty good history there. Um, and being you know in the Southwest, I mean that's old history for the West Coast. Yeah, um, down Very there. Old. Yeah, you know up here in the Northwest, it's not quite as old. <laughs> And so down there, I mean, shoot, it's goes back a long time, you know, when you get into, you know, Spanish and all that kind of stuff down there. Exactly. Um, Native Americans and uh, yes. Yeah. San Diego is pretty much the birthplace of California. So it pretty much started, you know, in this region. so. So it's, yeah, there's just old stuff and old stuff is cool stuff <laughs> right totally uh, so can you tell us just a, a little bit of the history of the place it sounds really interesting yeah so it's up in so vista california is about 25 minutes north of san diego so it's actually okay. sandwiched right in between oceanside to the west and then san marcos to the east Okay. So there's actually two ranchos up there. There's Rancho Guajome and then there's the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, which is now owned 
by the city of Vista. It purchased it in 1989. So okay. it actually uh, came to be in uh, 1850. So Governor Pio Pico at the time deeded the land to a neophyte Native American. Um, and since that time, uh, Felipe Subria, I think was his name. And then there have been so many owners. We're talking well-known uh, Southern California pioneers at the time, uh, like Cave Johnson Couts and Isadora Bandini de Couts of the legendary Bandini family. Uh, I mean, many owners have cycled through the home uh, from like 1850 up until 1989 when the city of Vista purchased it. And then as each wow. owner came in, some added on to the home. So the way it is now, it wasn't all built in one piece. So there were okay. pieces that were added on. I mean, it started as like a little hut and <laughs> then a, what little section of the, of the building. And then it was added on like piece by piece. So it's really yeah. cool how the history plays out. It does, uh, does the design, I mean, does it carry through where people have added or is it just like kind of scabbed on these, these additions? It's actually an L shaped structure. And then you have uh, guest rooms that are outside of the main courtyard and the L shaped structure. And then there's three rooms in the back, uh, little servants rooms. Mm -hmm. Now they use them as classrooms, but the main structure is literally shaped like an L and then it has like a major, a beautiful courtyard. They have weddings there. They have uh I think it's fourth and fifth grade Adobe days, they call it uh-huh. for the kids to to learn about <laughs> like how life functioned back in those days. So, yeah. I mean, the history is pretty big there. I uh, wonder if there are any good wedding stories where a ghost hap- ghost, you know, a paranormal experience at a wedding. Have you ever heard anything like that? You know what? I actually have not on a wedding, but one cool one is that. So one of the the docents I know, uh, his name is Frank, and he actually has been working there. Uh, he's actually the park operator now, but he's been with the Adobe for years. And so mm-hmm. I think this occurred back in the 90s. I don't know the exact date. They were actually preparing, I believe, for a wedding. So it was him and then a florist that came on the property. Mm-hmm. And so the florist was uh, preparing all the flowers, and he noticed uh, that this older woman kept, I don't know how old she was, but a, a middle-aged woman kept walking around and following him and telling him where to put the flowers, and she was really picky. So this florist then goes to Frank and says, who's the woman here that keeps telling me like how to <laughs> decorate the space? And Frank said, there's no woman that's, you know, staffed. It's just myself. It's just you and me in here. He's like, uh, there's a woman that's been following me around and she's talking to me and she's telling me where to, to put the flowers, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and so he actually then saw this historical picture of Maria Antonia Couch hanging up in the master bedroom. And he's like, the florist then said to Frank, that is the woman that has been following me around. He was able to verify through the picture. So that's, that's one really cool story. Uh, wow. Jeez, it sounded like she looked uh, solid, like uh, yeah. it looked real. Yeah, he thought that <laughs> the florist thought that it was just another docent or, you know, some uh, staff member walking around. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my awesome. God, it's actually in that's in my book, Spirits of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. But it's, it's just the stories there are so fascinating. There was another one where, because uh, in the courtyard, there's a uh, common claim is the lady in white is seen walking throughout the veranda. We think it mm-hmm. might be uh, uh, Isadora Bandini de Couts or one of her, her daughters also named Isadora. Okay. 
Yeah, and I so wanted to she, ask you who she was. So yeah, so <laughs> no one really knows, but uh, uh, Isadora Fuller Couts Gray. She actually had some financial issues with the home um, at the time, and mm-hmm. so people think it's it's her. But I you know I don't know. I think it's one. It's either mother or daughter. I think. But she's never okay. seen solid. It's mostly this wispy uh, outline of a woman wearing like some sort of like long gown. So we mm-hmm. actually don't really know who she is. But uh, it was, I want to say like 6 or 6.30, it was dawn. And uh, they had a couple of gardeners out there working uh, the courtyard. And this, apparently this lady in white came up to them and uh, started talking to them. And so I guess the gardeners looked away for a second then looked back and noticed that she was completely gone just in a matter of like a split second. And so of yep. course I think one of them, I don't know if both of them did, but one of them quit their job. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> but yeah, there's like, I mean, yeah, it's, well, it's I mean, weird. yeah, it, it's not every day, you know, on, right. on most people's jobs to, you know, be pals with a apparition. <laughs> right. I mean, it makes you wonder though, like, you know, when you go about your day, like, how yeah. many solid people? I mean, how many of them are ghosts? Yeah, you know, you don't know. It's yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think this lady, um, the lady in white, has she? Uh, do you think anybody's ever captured anything on audio from her? Maybe. I mean, because we've actually captured. Uh, it's weird with the Adobe. A lot of the resident energies have said their names. Like we've had Maria. Antonia, what we believe to be Maria Antonia, come through a couple of times when uh, one one of our audio clips, I think it's me saying, uh, uh, Maria, is that you? And you hear a, a very faint but strong whispered yes come through. Uh, we've actually had questions where we've asked, you know, like Isadora Bandini de Couch, are you with us? And we, we, we hear yes, that sort of thing. So it could be that right. we do have clips and we just don't know mm-hmm. exactly but yeah audio wise we we have some interesting captures from the location that are on uh, san diego paranormal research.com yeah and uh, that's cool yeah um you know kind of joking partly <laughs> you know why <laughs> what's your take on why are so many apparitions uh female apparitions seen in white in like a dress a gown of flowing you know like you said wispy you know what what do you think why is that you know i always think you know you're not an official ghost town or ghost location until you have a lady in white right you know? is that the joke right is the, i know right everyone has it it's like every everywhere you go there's a lady in white i don't know i mean maybe could it be that that the people that experience it that's just the way they're seeing it and maybe that's not really mm-hmm. how it's it, it it looks and that's just the way that our eyes are are viewing i mean it's because then you have i mean how many times is it peripheral versus direct i mean i don't yeah. know i yeah. i find the white significant i mean it's almost similar to like the shadow not the classic shadow person but the shadow figure phenomenon where you have uh humanoid shadow shapes you know maybe it's just Mm-hmm. Some of them mm-hmm. appear in gray, and then you also you may have the white varieties as well. I don't know. I've often wondered that too. I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, one thing I I think, and it's you had some a great point there. Um, you know, one reason I think is maybe is um, 
it's how we're perceiving it. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's not white. Maybe it's something similar to white, but it's in a sense, some form of light that we're seeing so that it, you know, it looks more white. Yeah. And, you know, and then also um, what were people buried in when they, when they, you know, had their funeral and were buried, were they dressed in some sort of gown, you know, some sort of dress or something. And maybe that's how we're perceiving it or that's how they want to be seen is maybe that was their burial outfit was one of their best, you know, and that's, that's what they want to be seen. And so I, I just kind of wonder, cause we have um, here in Port Gamble in the cemetery reports of going back quite a long time of people hearing someone say, hello, how are you? And they turn around and it's this lady and um, she's always described as late twenties, early thirties, long brown hair in like a white kind of gown. And so I've just always kind of wondered, cause you hear stories all over the place, you know, if it's a lady, you know um, she's in white. So I just, it's interesting to think about. And, and that's, a, that would be another, how does it work? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Right. And it's always with women too. You don't ever see like, uh men in white you know it's it's always it's always women so right maybe there's something to the color like you said like how we perceive it or maybe the color white associated with femininity uh yeah yeah and and maybe it's you know whatever the time period is it's the you know the whatever the norms are you know societal norms of oh well i'm you know, I, I'm an apparition and I'm going to show myself. They'll understand that I am a lady if I'm in a dress. Right. You know, right. You know, and, you know and, and men are always seem to be in suits or, um, yeah. or an outfit that they, you know, wore for work or, um, you know, I, I get a lot of old guys in suspenders and white t-shirts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, or, yeah. or whatever they used to like to wear. So I just wonder if it's partially their, their memory and their life of knowing societal norms of, you know, if it's somebody from the 1890s, well, their dress isn't going to be showing any ankle. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. how they want us to see them and mm-hmm. maybe how maybe it's a particular time in their life that was special to them. And that's how they want us to perceive them. Yeah. Yeah. It, Very good points. Again, how? <laughs> right. I, are we ever going to answer that? Like you said, maybe yeah. when we get the keys that you know, allow us to get into the afterlife. But yeah, every until then, it's it's a mystery. But I think that that's what makes it so, because if we had all the answers, then it, it, it would be kind of boring, really. Yeah, so if you, well, it's, it's it, yeah, it's kind of like the old, uh, you know, don't look at your future, don't, you know, like right? you don't want to know your future because then that'll change your present, which will then exactly. change your future. So. Exactly. <laughs> See? Go, down, yep. go down that rabbit hole. Woo. Woo, uh, no thanks. Yeah. I'll skip that one. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now, another thing about the Rancho, too, is tell me about the 
we're going to be taking a top of the hour break soon, but tell me a little bit and we can, we can come back after about the rumor of a skeleton buried in the walls there. What's, I mean, what's, do you think, I mean, is it just a rumor or is there anything that you can factually or research to, to validate that? Allie and I have done a lot of research uh, going back. I mean, even the city of Vista has verified that in the late 20s, early 30s, when they were installing electric wiring in the home, they did find skeletal remains in the major domo room that they didn't say exactly what area. We have an idea of where it may be just based on the uh, adobe structure and the wall structure. Mm-hmm. But uh are is there an archive you know kind of like an autopsy report that we have nowadays is there an actual piece of paper an archive that says yes a skeletal or skeletal remains were found here i don't think that exists but down you know the line and and based on what the city of vista has claimed uh and based on historical records it's it seems because i don't see why a an electrician would just randomly make that up. And so, I mean, especially yeah. in that, in that, in that time period and, and, you know, with the history with, with the native Americans possibly being uh, mm-hmm. mistreated. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's very probable. Yeah. And uh, so I can get a little bit more into it. I know we probably have to take a break and in, in a little bit, but uh, there is one, yeah, uh, there is one entity that uh, Ali and I have communicated with a lot there, and he goes by Juan. He's actually identified himself as Juan Gonzalez. Okay. And what's interesting is that when Cave, jo- Cave Johnson Couts and Isadora Bandini de Couts uh, uh, own the property, they never lived there, but they own the property. Uh, they employed uh, Native American indentured servants. Uh, young children so it's very possible that juan may have been one of these individuals cave johnson couts uh was known to be uh somewhat of a violent man he's actually murdered people um so i can't i can't really say that he's you know he killed someone and that's you know that person's body is actually in the room but we don't really know who the skeletal remains belong to wow it's, it's, it's it's conjecture basically okay oh. well on that lo- that note let's leave everybody in suspense yes. Why not? <laughs> we're gonna Put take a mic. top of the hour break here on the paranormal pete show with guest nicole strickland tonight episode 12 it's top of the hour we'll see you on let's talk radio right back after the break we didn't invent great sound Perfected it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. The Deep South in the Deep Freeze. I'm Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. At least 20 people have died in snow and bitter cold. Overwhelmed power grids have brought the southern plains to a standstill and spawned a tornado in North Carolina. Millions are without power, mostly in Texas. It is very uh, dangerous with so many people without power and temperatures so low. And sadly, the forecast doesn't look good. We're supposed to pick up another two to four inches of snow uh, starting tonight and through the overnight hours into 
tomorrow morning and even some freezing rain south of us in other parts of Texas. So that's only going to add to what's already on the roads. It hasn't had a chance to thaw out yet. Temperatures not expected to go above freezing until at least Friday across much of Texas. This is going to continue putting the state's uh, electrical grid, uh, making it very, very stressed. Fox's Casey Stiegel, a warming center is opened at the community center at Fort Hood for soldiers and their families that live off post. In Chicago, they've gotten over a foot of snow in some spots and it's impacted buildings. There have been a few instances where roofs have collapsed. Those have been in vacant commercial spaces that have been vacant for a long time. And there is probably some deferred maintenance on those roofs and exterior walls. Building Commissioner Matthew Badeau, the city's director of emergency management, says crews will work throughout the night to get streets and sidewalks cleared. President Biden says there's one important step to take in order to get schools to be able to reopen for in-person learning. I think that teachers and the folks who work in the school, the cafeteria workers and other, should be on the list of preferred to get a vaccination. The president with the comments during a town hall on CNN and the president said teachers and schools must also have enough protective gear, proper ventilation, and schools must be able to enforce social distancing. America is listening to Fox News. If you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you that running a business is tough. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Schedule your free product tour right now at NetSuite.com slash Fox. NetSuite.com slash Fox. The snow in Washington state made it easy for police to track down a pair of burglary suspects. It all started early Saturday morning when Pierce County Sheriff's deputies responded to an alarm call at a home in Tacoma. As the deputies arrived, they saw two people running away from the home. What the two didn't realize was they left a pair of tracks right where the hiding spots were. A canine and a cop found one set of footprints leading to a dumpster and captured a man hiding there. Another set of prints led to a tree where another man eventually complied with cops and climbed down. At the house, investigators found a broken window on the main door of a garage. Rob Dawson, Fox News. The criminal case has been dropped against a white woman who was arrested last year after she called 911 on a black man who was bird watching in New York City's Central Park. Amy Cooper completed a counseling program meant to educate her on the harm caused by her actions. A European unit of cruise company Carnival is getting ready to sail again next month. Carnival's Aida Cruises is planning to restart sailings March 20th with a cruise around the Canary Islands. AIDA is based in Germany where COVID-19 lockdowns have been extended until March. AIDA had planned to start cruises on March 6th. Those earlier dates are not taking place and it's offering flexibility for those who paid for those trips. Carnival's AIDA says cruises will comply with extensive health and safety protocols. It's currently booking cruises through the summer of 2022. Ginny Cosilda, Fox News. Google has agreed to pay a $1.3 million fine after authorities in France concluded it displayed misleading rankings for French hotels. Google had used an official source as well as input from other hotel industry sites to rank hotels. Now the company says it's made changes so the ratings are closer to the official French star ratings for hotels featured on Google Maps and its search page. I'm Lisa Lacerra and this is Fox News. Well, they- 
everybody. Welcome back to the Paranormal Beat Show. I'm your host, Peter Abay. We're on Let's Talk Radio, WLTKDB.com. Thanks for following the show. If you want to jump on the station chat and ask a question for me or my special guest, Nicole Strickland, tonight uh, from the Afterlife Chronicles, um, get on the station chat and uh, hopefully we'll have a good answer for you. We'll do our best. <laughs> Let's try. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, we'll do our best. None of us are experts, right? <laughs> oh, no, so, no way. Um, it's I also want to mention on the some new stuff on the station website. There's a merch page, and you can actually get some station merch. So if you like Let's Talk Radio and the programming on here, why not show that you like it and get a shirt or a coffee mug or you know you can get so many cool different things. Uh, but if you go to wltkdb.com. Just click on the merch tab and you'll go to the online store for that. So yeah, it looks great. Um, I was just on there the other day. So uh, yeah, really good. There's lots of great stuff. Um, there's even golf balls. I saw <laughs> that. I'm like, cool. I don't golf, but I'm like, hey, that'd be cool. You know? Why, yeah. Why well, you certainly wouldn't want to golf when it's snowy out. So no, you know, probably not. Everybody yeah. buried in snow right now. That would. <laughs> I guess if you want to give yourself something to do. Yeah, golf right. ball out into the snow and then try and go find it. Exactly. There you go. There's an <laughs> Easter egg hunt for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, check out the merch page and also check out the other shows while you're there. Uh, if you listen to my show or Nicole's show and you, you're looking for some other interesting shows to check out, um, there's some great shows, uh, you know, Monday yeah. through Friday on the station. So um, check it out. There's lots of, and like, you know, if, like we talked earlier, if you can't catch the live live version, um, all the archive versions are right there. So, um, and I have a Podbean, and I think you do too, right, Nicole? I do. It? Yeah, it's very handy to have it. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you can catch the show anytime uh, when you're out driving around and stuff. Um, so yeah, check it out. There's a lot of great shows, and um, happy to be a part of the station, and um, looking forward to seeing seeing it keep growing. So. Yeah, it's doing um, really well. It's yeah. just it's exciting. It's it's a really good station. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and and I think everybody's, you know, um, you know, Scott it's it's you learn a lot and have fun doing it. And so, I mean, that's I the just, way to live right there. That's the way to live. You got it. You you have the secret uh code there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, well, now we'll go right from that to <laughs> skeletons the skeleton in the, the wall. <laughs> I know, right? What a so, segue. Yeah. So you mentioned the name Juan Gonzalez and yeah. owned the place, but didn't really, didn't live there, right? Well, we don't know. I mean, he may have been an indentured servant. We don't really know exactly. Mm-hmm. He may have been a Native American, a Mission San Luis raised down the road mm-hmm. that employed a lot of uh, Native Americans. Back in the day, they called them Indians. Now, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, we we uh, uh, refer to a Native American. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really know exactly who he is, but he's okay. someone by the name of Juan is coming through a lot for us. On our investigations yeah. and uh, he's, he's tours. just not giving you the he's just not giving you the answers of well there was <laughs> actually is. a couple of times where we did inquire Ali and I once was a private investigation another was on a tour we did you know because it was a night when Juan seemed to be uh, very active and we said Juan 
this is a very sensitive question. We know that. So if you don't feel like answering, we understand that. But if, if you are free to answer that, it would really help us out a lot to know, um, you know, who the person is uh, that's uh, buried in the wall. Juan, is that you? And we dig it an affirmative response. So again, that's, you know, yeah, that's something to go by. It's a lead, yeah. but it's not necessarily, you know. Yeah. And it sounds like it's, it's, it's just going to be too difficult to be able to factually, right. You know, I validate mean, that. Right. Exactly. And I mean, Allie and I even talked about uh, even potentially getting some radar in there to see if maybe we can actually yeah. go into the wall to see if there is, but by now, you know, the remains mm-hmm. would just be, uh, it wouldn't even be detectable. So. Yeah. You you think so? Even sealed in, you know, with, uh, I mean, we were thinking that they would just kind of, the remains by now would have just kind of, I guess, solidified or, or not solidified. What's the word I'm thinking of? Just kind of evaporated, I guess, within the wall. I mean, disintegrated. Yeah. Thank you. That's a better word. Hello. Um, <laughs> been a long day but yeah i i don't know i guess it's it's an option we've proposed mm-hmm. that i don't know if the city of vista would allow that i mean back in the day too i mean there were who knows what may have happened i mean there were horse thieves in the area pat- patrolling yeah. the area uh, men would get killed and shot for their horses and i mean mm-hmm. it, you know it was just a hard rough time so i don't know yeah yeah brutal brutal history <laughs> yes absolutely um, so while we were at break um, I was thinking about his name and I kept getting the image of two rattlesnakes tangled with each other. Oh, interesting. Um, and wondering if that is a symbol for part, you know, like a family coat of arms, but Yes, mm-hmm. but not a coat of arms, but like maybe it's in a painting or something. And there's a connection there with it. Like if it's in a painting, whose painting was it? Okay. That might be a connection there. So about like two snakes, it was, you know, rattlesnake is, was really strong for me. So there's I don't so know. many artifacts in there that actually aren't original to the Adobe. They've actually came from uh, Italy and, and parts of Europe, even churches in Europe. Mm-hmm. So the next time I'm there, I'm going to go through each room and see if there's anything offhand. I, I'm, it's not ringing a bell, but it, potentially it's in something. I mean, there's, there's so many artifacts. Yeah. It, or if there's, any historical re- backup to somebody dying of a rattlesnake bite. I was just thinking you know, that too. I'm wondering if that, that might be, been. that might be the connection there too. Right. And I don't know what that means yet, but that's just what but I that's saw. That's definitely so. <laughs> something to go by. And you saw them actually intertwined and in yeah. any, any specific yeah. shape. Almost or... like they were almost like they were fighting. Um, okay. Hmm. Kind of a tangled, tangled mess you know but then where their heads are they're you know kind of the necks are arched and pointing at each other like they're gonna okay oh my gosh that's so interesting um so i I don't know if that has anything to do with juan but maybe some sort of connection there at the at the rancho there um 
So that was awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, I don't, who knows? <laughs> just going, going off what I see. So, uh, you know, next time I'm there, I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. And I mean, really keep an eye out for that and I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd it'd be, be interesting. Lead. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and you, you mentioned the cave Johnson coats, that mm-hmm. guy, and that he was not really a nice guy. Um, when did, when I'm curious, when did he, when was he there? When was, it was, oh my gosh, I should know the dates offhand. It was, oh my gosh, 19, not (laughs) 19, 18, not 19, geez, wait, it's the 1860s. I forget the exact date, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd have kind of early on then in the history. Early on. Yeah. I mean, there have been so many owners and of course I'm not going to remember, you know, all the dates, but, uh, yeah, I want to say like 1870 ish mm-hmm. i could be off there but yeah yeah and, and why do you think there was so many owners over because if it was you know started in 1850 to 1989 um i mean that's really not that's 139 years and you know it sounds like you know why do you think there was so many different owners you know, it's something that I've actually talked with the city of Vista. I mean, in, even like historical records, you don't really explain that. I mean, it was a time there were a lot of land disputes that could explain that. I know uh, Cave Johnson Couts married uh, Isadora Bandini de Couts. And so they at one time deeded it uh, mm-hmm. to uh, their daughter. Um, and then one of the previous owners also deeded it to, to one of their family members. So it was just, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure exactly. It could just be due to uh, the time period and, uh, you know, land disputes going on. Yeah, maybe uh, the looseness of the law. Right, exactly. <laughs> All of that. So, but okay. several, several owners have come through. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's that's there might be something there, too, because it just makes me think, um, you know, being a believer in the paranormal yeah. <laughs> makes me wonder if things just would never really work out for people there. And that's why there was so many, you know, different owners. And if so, what is making things not work out for people? Yeah, that's a good point because I mean, even prior to the structures being built, I mean, obviously, you know, you have Mm -hmm. native American territory and yeah, God knows what happened, you know, prior to that. I mean, obviously you can imagine with, I mean, because native Americans go back, hundreds and hundreds of years in, in the region. So, yeah. 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 And there's a lot of native American history right where I am too. And it's, um, you know, pretty interesting history stuff. If you like history. Oh yeah. Love it. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, you know, what's your take on, you know, think, you know, kind of think of, you know, native American connection to land locations that are built on that land Mm -hmm. um you know what do you think makes a place or a location more apt to recognize paranormal phenomena where there's a lot of reports so i mean it sounds like that place is is pretty haunted um yeah i would say haunting i mean what do you yeah what is it environmental is it is it the human experience? Is it a mix? Is it native, you know, is it native think, American, you know, time? Yeah, no, I think it, I, 
again, it's dependent on the location, but I think there's different, I think there's some elusive factors that maybe we're not even aware of as, as mm-hmm. living beings, but yeah, I think it could be environmental, uh, definitely the geology of the land. Sure. Uh, let's going on the lines of some of the paranormal theories. Is it near water sources? Is it near train tracks, uh, ley lines? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what the human element brings into it. What's surrounding that area? Because you may have, like, for let's just use the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe right now with the city of Vista being so built up. I mean, there's homes all around. So, what around an area could maybe influence? Uh, I I think there's so many factors again, what the human element brings to it. Uh, if there've been reports, uh, it's almost like a ripple effect. Once there's one report, then it leads to others and leads to others. So is there that going on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. People there living at the location, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think human experience in that area has a big part of it because, you know, if you're in an area that, you know, it's just tough to live. You're, you know, you might get used to it, but you ha- does, you know, what is your energy doing while you're there living it? Right. You know, are you uh, leaving energy on this location because it's very stressful? I think of the depression and what that did to so many people. Oh my you gosh. Know, in places where it was really bad, uh, you know, is there more activity, you know, and what kind of activity is in that place? And that's why, you know, I think everyone, you know, well, more people nowadays, I think are more conscious of native, uh, you know, native American lands and the energy that those places hold. And, um, you know, I'd love to talk to somebody more about that of, of that tradition, in in culture because i mean is it because they respect the land yeah very spiritual very very symbiotic with the land and right um because here in port gamble there's such a strong native american tradition and and culture that's you know still around and you just feel it you know here and i just it's it's, i guess one of those i have to wait till i get the keys (laughs) you know to really really find out but it, it's just interesting and then also you know if you think about uh england scotland all the old you know places uh overseas you know where it's not necessarily native american but they have sites that you know like stonehenge exactly and a lay you know a lay line there mm-hmm. and you know so is that more environmental for that you know i think it's it's probably just a, a different flavor over there uh, than what's experienced here because, you know, the history is different, but I don't know. I didn't, the human, our human part of, you know, being in a location can affect it too. And so. Yeah. Well said. You know. I think, I mean, emotion, I mean, you know, I, I often reflect on, okay, places like hospitals, amusement parks, battlefields, they're all uh, no matter where you are there's just so many claims of of anomalous phenomena at those locations and it's like you have to think about okay emotions euphoria sadness fear anxiety prevalent in all those locations and so what what does the human element bring to that yeah and what are people leaving before they transition 
you know, before they transition over to the other side, what are they leaving behind in that location? I mean, exactly. Uh, if anybody out there knows someone who, or maybe somebody listening works in hospice, um, you know, you've probably had experiences. <laughs> my know? aunt actually did my mom. My mom worked in hospice when I was a little girl. And so she's had some uh, tremendous experiences with that. Yeah. It, so, it, yeah. Ask anybody who works in, in hospice and, you know, is that kind of when, um, did you kind of, did you have an experience as a kid? You know, it's interesting. So I lived in, I was born in Huntington beach and then was in Huntington beach for about a year. And then my dad got a job out in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I lived in Las Vegas from about one and a half until seven Okay. And so my mom, uh, I was about four to five, maybe just four, between four and six when my mom worked for hospice. And so there were a few times where, when she would bring me to the actual, actual hospice facility. And then, of course, I would just wait, you know, there in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. I can't really say that I had an experience there, but... I didn't mind going there, if that makes any sense. You'd think for a four or five and six-year-old that it would be kind of a scary place. It's almost like I knew at that age that this was a good place to be. Yeah. Um, But of course, you know, my mom didn't share with me at that age. Okay, I mean, I'm going to go help people that are sadly passing away. You know, later on she did. But I remember just being feeling a sense of comfort there. Yeah. So maybe that was a sign of, you know where your life was going to take you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's kind be, of what I thought. Yeah. And, you know, on, uh, in all your experience investigating and, and working cases, um, d- despite being comfortable and, you know, more prepared than, you know, the normal person, you know, going into a haunted location, um, Oh, I just lost my question. I hate when that happens. <laughs> It'll come back at like it's midnight. You'll be like, oh, wait, that's the question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be a good one, too. Oh, my God. It'll come. It's okay. <laughs> we'll come back to that. It happens all the time <laughs> oh, to me. Like, I was going to. Okay. See? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Despite okay. being comfortable, have you been, um, I'm curious to know on an investigation, have you been like legit scared? Have you, oh my gosh. You know, or what is, what's, you know, something that really scared you? You know, I don't get scared often at all on cases. There was one, it was, a, I'm just going to say it was an abandoned uh, mental uh, facility here in Southern oh, California. <laughs> and so, uh, and, you know, this was about maybe 11 years ago when we were there. It was maybe midnight or one in the morning. And uh, I was sitting down on the floor and I had a camera positioned in the area. And then all of a sudden this like seven foot tall shadow figure, humanoid shadow figure, like darker than dark, mm-hmm. just started charging at me. And in that instant, oh, I felt a sense of, oh shit, I better get out of here. And I actually ran, which I don't ever do. I mean, it was like the one time I ran <laughs> and I ran out of the building. That was one that sticks in in my memory, but 
No, okay. I, I've, I haven't actually been really scared on it. Maybe yeah. I should be more. I don't know. Maybe there's something <laughs> wrong with me. But yeah, no. I mean, I've been uncomfortable, you know, where I feel like, okay, maybe I'm in sure. trespassing or maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe an energy mm-hmm. doesn't want me. I've had that, but not yeah. to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh. So. Did your did your camera happen to catch that shadow figure at all? It did not. That's of what course. was the weird thing about it. And, of I, and I reviewed it. I reviewed it. I re- I was like, "Where is it? Where is it?" Like yeah. seriously, yeah. I know it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah, they're just toying with you, like, "Ha ha." <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have this story, and nobody's gonna believe you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that would freak me out too. Um, you know, yeah. I, there's been a, a couple of times. Uh, one was in the Walker Ames attic, and I was just up there by myself. And well, that always makes it when you're by yourself. It's I know, weird. and my brain, I think, was was playing some tricks on me, but I felt something too. Oh, and it was almost like I was on one side of the attic, and I turned around to face the other side of the attic, and it, I. It was almost like I could see these like red eyes. Oh my gosh. But I know I wasn't seeing it with my eyes and just the, I just felt this area straight in front of me. It was was in the dark. I couldn't really see. And I did have a flashlight. And so I shined it over there, but it just felt like I was being watched and like uh, not supposed to be up there. And I had that fight or flight and my gut hit. Yeah. And I, you know, I got out of there. I was doing a Facebook live. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. And, of all times, too. Yeah. Well, and I just said, I'm going to go downstairs. Yeah. And in, in my head, I was like, you know, explicative. explicative. I can imagine. <laughs> oh, my. I would have said it out loud. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so did the eyes, did they look like uh, animal eyes or what? Did they you know, resemble I mean, anything? Not really. I mean, it, Hmm. it's just like it was almost like two little points of light that were red and the way the way they were spaced would look like would look you know eyes on a person you know just like how they were situated and next to each other not right next to each other a little bit of space and you know i got pretty that's spooky (laughs) yeah that 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 would have yeah I i would have left too but then again i was in there by myself so you know, I think of parapsychologists and what they would say. And, oh, I you know. know. I've I've been there too, where I've been by myself and look. I know, but you know, yeah, <laughs> it's in a location you're familiar with, so yeah. It, exactly. Not that that's an excuse, but you know, yeah. at least you're more comfortable. Yeah, I think we all get a little scared sometimes, but that's yeah. part of that's part of it, and that's kind of part of the. I guess the thrill part of it, because yeah. I think anybody investigating the paranormal has got a little grain of that in them. Of course. Know, of I having mean, that rush. Have. Yeah. Having that rush of, whoa. I was <laughs> at was Waverly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was at Waverly Hills with the, with the Ghost Research Society back in 2009. And so we were on the fourth floor. I don't know if you've been there. I haven't. It's a, a, oh my God, it's monstrosity. That place is huge. And yeah. so I volunteered to walk from one end of the hallway all the way to the end. And we were doing laser light experiments with my arms like separated. And I, <laughs> and that's another time 
once I kind of got to that other side and I was more or less by myself, I started to feel like, okay, all right, let's <laughs> go back to the other side. Yeah. yeah. So, but it, you know, it was, it was one, yeah, one, was fun. one word, one word you said doomed you on that. And it was volunteered. I, exactly. <laughs> you know, I remember it. Then someone, uh, I forget who it was that asked me, Oh, we need a volunteer. And I'm like, Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that place Fam- is awesome. Famous last words. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. There's a lot of places uh, I want to go. And, um, you know, I, some of the ones, you know, I've heard about, you know, that are, have some very spooky or scary type of activity, mm-hmm. you know, I think I would be fine, but I don't, I'm not really seeking that out, you know? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, right. I don't want to have that. I don't want to have that kind of experience, but you know, it's kind of like, I I don't really, um, I don't go out of my way to watch horror movies. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not one either. Like the, the, like the saws and all of the gory, I, cause it just leaves an impression. It's yeah. especially being a sensitive. It's, it, it freaks leaves, me out. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it stays with you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the movie Event Horizon was one that freaked me out oh, when that came out. And I saw that. Yes. yes. Oh ever God. since yes. ever since then, I was like, nope. <laughs> but you know, I I'll talk to people on the other side, that's fine. And you know, occasionally I see somebody in their death state. It's not too often, but you know, that's enough for me. <laughs> it's it is, totally. Yeah, horror so, movies. Yeah, especially like uh some of the ones like the real gory ones, like the saw mm-hmm. franchise. That's like, no, thank you. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't want that impression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, some, a lot of people are way into it and that's great for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> not me. Not, not me. Um, my wife says I'm gullible, so I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I get that a lot too. I've had so many people tell me that I'm like, yeah, I probably am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you know, kind of continuing on with with investigations, what um what was the first place you investigated and did you capture any evidence? Oh my gosh, the very first investigation was actually at a private residence in okay. in Los Angeles. I was with another team, and so I was like a newbie at this point. Mm-hmm. I didn't capture any objective data like evp or anything like that but uh i had oh gosh trying to remember uh i had some experiences in the home uh just more or less feeling like the sensations of being watched that nothing really Mm -hmm. paramount or anything but uh uh, but that was the very first time and then actually believe it or not the queen mary uh was one of the first historical locations that and and lucky you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that Star of India was one of the very first few ones here in San Diego. So, okay, yeah. so, well, that's pretty. I mean, I, I say lucky you. It's, it's, that's really cool. It's one of your first historical places to go. To yeah, I know. Whoa. Oh my gosh, I was. I never knew though the very first time because my mom yeah. actually did ballroom dancing there in the Veranda Grill. <laughs> And so this was back in like the early, like maybe 2001. And so I, I've heard of the Queen Mary at that time. I knew it was a historical ship, but I actually never, my first introduction to it, actually seeing it was my junior year of undergraduate college spring break 
we took mm-hmm. a cruise and there's a carnival cruise port there. And so that's the first time I actually saw it. And I remember saying to myself, oh my Lord, wow, I'm going to come back here one day. And so that was 2005 when I, when I first came there. So, Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, when you f- did your first investigation there, I mean, how'd that go? Did you collect any good evidence there or, you know, or was it just personal experience? Both, uh, EVP, uh, former first and third class pool EVP, uh, in my stateroom, I remember it was, I believe AO 24, uh, some interesting experiences in there, uh, cold spots. I don't think we caught an EVP in there, but mm-hmm. what I, that was the first night or the first time I actually stayed on board there. And I remember one time and I wasn't on an investigation. It was during the day. I exited out of my stateroom just to walk around. And I remember, I think I was going forward and something said, stop and look around behind you. And I looked around behind me and there stood a little girl, five or six years old. I had no idea who she was at the time. Later, I found out that I had seen Jackie, uh, the the very famous uh, uh, spirit there. And so that was the very first apparition ghost sighting i saw on the queen mary was that of jackie and ever since that time i've she's one that i've developed a really good rapport with so it's interesting really interesting how that played out do you think that that was her voice that said to stop and look behind you i actually didn't hear a voice per se but it just it was it was just something told me, you know what, stop and look behind you. And I looked behind me and there in the center of the hallway, maybe about 15 feet down, Mm -hmm. there she was. Um, And I, again, at the time when I saw her, I was like, oh my gosh, who's that? Well, it was pretty, yeah, so it was pretty intuitive then, you know. Yeah, yeah. You just knew. Yeah, Um, absolutely. That's that's cool. Now, do you have EVPs with her voice? Yes. You know? Yeah, I mean, fact. Can I say factually? But mm-hmm. yes, there's. I do have a lot. Uh, she's very. You know, some people. Well, just a little history on her. The late Peter James. Uh, he's has since passed, but he was the resident psychic investigator on board the Queen Mary, and he's actually the one that coined her uh, in the early '90s. And so we don't really know her origins. He claimed that she passed away in the second class pool, which has been stripped in the Long Beach conversion. I don't know about that. I, I feel that Jackie is more of an evolved spirit. She looks very similar to like a Shirley Temple, could be could really be Shirley Temple's twin. Very <laughs> smart, seems very smart. It, it seems as though the other energies on board the ship know her. Okay. Because uh, a lot of people, including myself, have had EVP or disembodied voices of of, of uh, ethereal energies saying the name Jackie. So I don't know if she's maybe a spiritual ambassador of the ship and other energies know her. Mm-hmm. I think she's more highly evolved than what uh, others have claimed. That's just my impression yeah. of her. But uh, very talkative, very uh, playful. Um, maybe she's passed away as an adult and chooses to come back as a child. I don't know. But right. uh, she, it's, she's pretty awesome. But yeah, we actually, one of the my favorite, and this was an EVP, not a disembodied voice. We were in the former first and third class pool. It was myself and a couple of other uh, SoCal teams. And I remember saying, Jackie is your real name, Jackie. And then another investigator said, or is it a name that people call you? 
and there was an EVP response of a little girl. And I mean, it's the voice was very recognizable. It's something that I've mm-hmm. captured on other on other visits to the ship. And she said, my name is Jackie. Now, some people hear it as my name is Jacqueline, but a lot of people hear it as my name is Jackie. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I wonder if she shows herself as a child because that's, you know, the time she wants to live in. It could be. It's one, you know, one thing I'll share too. I've, I've asked Jackie to let me know. I'm like, you know, if, if, if you're, if you were an adult, can you let me know? And I just, to myself, I would ask her and I had a dream one night and it was a dream that I was on the ship and this woman, she she was probably about like maybe 18 or 20, maybe early mm-hmm. 20s, came up to me and said, I'm Jackie. And I said to her, but no, no, Jackie's a little girl. And this was in my dream. And she's <laughs> like, no, no, I'm Jackie. So I don't know if there's any significance to that. Yeah, but, interesting. But, uh, <laughs> but that, that was the dream I had. So maybe that was her way of... Of letting well, you know, and but. you know what we were talking about earlier. Once you kind of establish a, you know, a connection, a communication, you know, whatever it is that they're easier to access. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's it's too bad we can't, you know, factually validate that and show something. I know that would validate that, but what a heck of a. Uh, personal experience and you know if you felt that that's what it was you know you you know you need to trust that until you find out otherwise too that's interesting i mean that you said something you used the word trust there are certain experiences that i've had where i I trust Mm -hmm. more than others and maybe that's the message you know the more you trust it maybe that's what that's what that is yeah and and the message may be they're trying to help you trust yourself more that uh, very yeah absolutely because you know, they they give us information and um you know why <laughs> why i know question. there's the why? old question why, <laughs> why? <I know. laughs> and it's so um, people want to know it's sometimes do you ever find yourself that people will that are wanting to learn more about the paranormal will ask you like why why is this so why is this happening why and you, it's you, you have to explain we don't know Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that a lot on the, you know, on my tours, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in normal times when I'm doing lots of tours. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) Normal times. Um, But no, yeah, I get that. And, and, you know, I you just have to be straight up honest. And most of the Mm -hmm. people I work with and I'm around are of the same thinking, you know, it's, hey, I wish I could tell you. Exactly. Uh, it just doesn't work like that. It's, you know, it's um, one thing I heard um, from Seth Michael, uh, psychic medium Seth Michael was, you know, if you, if you hear somebody say they guarantee a reading or guarantee you're going to get something, that's the wrong you know, run. <laughs> that's the wrong thing because we don't know exactly how it all works. We have some pretty good ideas, I think, but, you know. Just, I've run into a know. few people that claim to have all the answers and it's like, yep, I agree. It's like, run, go the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. And who knows? Maybe they'll prove us wrong someday. That's true. Um, That's yeah, very but true. It's, it's certainly hard to, and especially I think anybody who's, um, 
starting to use or they use, you know, psychic or mediumship abilities. It's just the trust thing is hard. And, and, and I don't, I don't know if everybody struggles with it, but I do. Um, you know, I think a lot of people do. And so how can you be, my thinking is how can you be certain about stuff? If, you know, if I know I'm not for, you know, totally sure, factually 110% proven sure on something, you know, it, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's okay not to know. I think that's what may, I mean, why are we so attracted to this field? I think it is in many respects, the unknowing of it. It's, it's mysterious. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said earlier, I think if we had all the answers, then it, then there, there'd be nothing to explore. That's, you know, I mean, it's, it's exactly. the journey more so than the end result. So, yeah. And that may be why, um, you know, we're only used 10% of our brains. Exactly. You know? I know. Right. Can you imagine <laughs> if we used all 100%? Oh my God. Yep. Uh, That's scary though. The world probably wouldn't exist anymore. If, I know. Right? If we did that, it would be destroyed already. I know. Oh, <laughs> At least I would think thought. so. I agree with you on that. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's your opinion on um, why a spirit would stick around at a location? And let's use um, let's use Jackie as an example. You know, what? Why? Why do you think a spirit would stick around in a location? Well, I think it, it's dependent on the the entity itself you know because everyone is different but Mm -hmm. i mean one thing that i've thought of too is is the living drawing that energy back i know when we go into a location and we're wanting to communicate uh, with these energies are we somehow pulling them from their environment that could be uh of course you know the 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 cliche unfinished business maybe uh violent sudden death maybe he or she doesn't know mm-hmm. uh, that he or she is uh, gone, and that's sad, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe it's by choice. Maybe it's a place that they loved, mm-hmm. uh, you know, revered. Maybe it's maybe it's an object. Maybe it's a, a certain you know you hear of antiques. Um, maybe it's like, for example, I'll use a doll for example. Maybe it's a doll that uh, they just don't want to part with. I mean, I don't know. I think I think that there's, and again, I think that there may be reasons we don't even know. So exactly. Yeah. Um, and and I like the point uh that you're touched on of are we affecting the environment and kind of pulling them yeah from their quote unquote plane where they're existing, pulling them into ours. And that's an interesting thing to think of because if you've got somebody who's um you know, and maybe that's kind of how psychic, you know, in, you know, the Claire's work is you're able to reach through or pull them closer like this. Somebody who doesn't know they're psychic, but they've got tons of energy. I wonder if they're the people that have all the personal experiences, you know, right? may or may not catch it on, you know, a tool, <laughs> but. You have all right. the experiences. So, yeah, I kind of wonder, you know, what effect, you know, we have. And over time, too, a place that's investigated a lot over time, how much of the activity, you know, ongoing activity is 
actually our energy that's left on a exactly. place too. Exactly. I think that that I was just going to say, I think we have to really examine what the living is either causing or contributing to the field. But it's it's like is a case study ever really without suggestibility? Yeah, because I mean, you go, you know, a lot of these historical locations that have been investigated for years, you have scores and scores of people going in every day. It's, it's like stories, yeah. how much of the activity, like you said, is actual genuine paranormal activity at the location versus mm-hmm. what we've contrived yeah you know? yeah yeah exactly and oh uh, this on, stuff is what i i get so fascinated when i think of this stuff oh yeah and it's the unknowing thing and mm. you know uh i laughed on uh i think it was episode four when i had um good friend neil mcneil on yeah, and he's and he. We were talking about my tours are probably making the activity more, you know, because I'm sharing the story with people, and they, he said, you know, maybe I'm haunting the Walker Ames right now. Who knows? You know, like, and uh, he's living. <laughs> that is that's yeah, something to think you know? about. And you know, I always joke around. I'll probably haunt this town <laughs> someday. I'll be haunting the Queen Mary, so that's yeah. where I'll be. Yeah, t- future teams will get evidence of <laughs> right. you know us saying our names. Yeah, in these totally. places. Yeah, yeah, but it's just it's you know who knows you know how much we really do have an effect, and and that's you know where parapsychology comes in. Absolutely. Um, have Have you ever had um, any evidence that you've gathered? You know, audio or uh, what you feel psychically of spirits or entities talking about what it's like on the other side oh my goodness oh gosh not too much one that one that recently actually my uh aunt uh well no not my aunt my second cousin pam passed away back in september sorry about that yeah she she led a really long life and had some issues toward the end but she passed away really peacefully and so I was actually, I just drove by her house and I decided to park in front of it one day. And I, um, and I just was at talking to her. I had, I had a recorder going, but I didn't go with the purpose of actually wanting to do an EVP session, but I mm-hmm. had it going just in case. And I said, hi, Pam, it's Nicole. I'm, you know, I'm here. I just wanted to let you know that I love you. And I hope, you know, you're getting adjusted to where you are. Um, if you can, if you're available, if you're free, if you could let me know how it is where you are. And I didn't hear this obviously live, but when I got home later that night, I actually listened and I heard a response, a female, and she had a very low, deep voice. And so Mm -hmm. the response that came through matched her voice in the sense that it was very low and deep. And she said, it's beautiful. And she emphasized it like that. It's beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> so that, so that, I, but I'm trying to think of other examples. Oh gosh, not offhand. I mean, I probably have. I just can't remember. Yeah, it's. What about you? Well, I, mean, I myself. Yeah. As far as collecting data, audio, something on audio, no. Yeah. Um, through readings, um, psychic readings for people, um. I get, I get pieces of it and uh, you know, or they just, you know, just feelings of, 
it's just, it's glorious. It's, you know, just, you uh, can, you can learn all that you want. You don't have to know it, you know, take all knowledge in, of existence in, but you can, if you want to, and that some people do that and that they take, learn about all human experience, um, and memory kind of mm-hmm. like, kind of like the Akashic record yes, from that side where they're, you know, they're learned all that they want. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Leslie Flint from uh, England in that, yes. that case, which uh, he was a physical medium and it's up for debate whether he was hoaxing some of, some of his sessions are not um, and the society of psychical research mm-hmm. uh, investigated him. And in some cases they felt that he did cheat, but in other cases they could not tell. And that Interesting. They were, yeah. I remember you know, reading about this a while ago. Yeah. So, and they had like a phonograph and spirits would come through supposedly and, you know, they could manifest with him because he's a physical medium to where their voice could be heard through this phonograph. And some of the experiences that the people coming through um, really in- interested me. I've listened to some of the recordings and it's um, oh. I think that if you go to Leslie Flint dot com. So anybody listening out there, you want something interesting to check out. Oh, I'm definitely going to listen to Yeah, LeslieFlint.com, and they've got a lot of his sessions on there. And uh, he lived, he he passed away in 1994, but he started doing sessions uh, as early as early 1930s, I believe. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what the quote-unquote spirits, you know, there's female and male, and he typically had um, two sitters that were with him the longest for like 500 of these sessions. And it was a wow. lady and a gentleman. Um, but often they had a, you know, females come through, uh, which wouldn't explain, you know, it wasn't his voice. Right. <laughs> you right. Know, right. Coming through. But it's just kind of interesting because they talked about on the other side that there are like stations um, that people go like a train station and people go and they get kind of outfitted with how to be on that side and be who they are at that point. And the first thing I thought of when I was listening to all that was Beetlejuice. That, yeah. I mean, that movie gets a lot of accurate, actually, to be (laughs) honest. I mean, it's funny. I just watched that the the last week. (laughs) But yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I thought was Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Yeah. Yeah. Go take a number, Uh, you know, take a number and you got to sit there next to the guy with the shrunken head and wait your turn to, you know, to learn how to be in spirit form. And I think there might be something to that i think so Um, that almost matches emmanuel swedenborg he was the swiss i think he was a physicist that communicated with the dead and i think it was he who said that there's different levels that you move through in the spirit world so that that that's similar that's very similar yeah and it's that's been something of interest um for me 
and just, you know, and also when you think about instrumental transcommunication, ITC research, there's been a lot of, um, you know, supposed evidence of communication um, through radio waves and stuff where I can't remember the gentleman's name, uh, but my special guest next week, nice segue, uh, Mary Bethune is, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she from Olympic Peninsula Paranormal Society. She did a presentation on ITC uh, a couple of years ago. At the Was Port it Ernst Sankowski? Ernst Sankowski? That sounds familiar. Yeah. That, that hit my, that name. He's pretty well known for that. Where, yeah, he was a scientist doing this research yes. and then he passed away and his people, his colleagues apparently had sessions where it was his voice coming through saying, you know, try this. No, you're doing this wrong. You know, try communicating this way. There's a narrow window of time and starting to talk about how they could tune in and communicate. And it's just fascinating to, you know, is it kind of like our life now? <laughs> you go through you know, school, you know, yeah. you go through school and you right. go through experiences of different jobs, you know, is it, and is it kind of the same on the other side? And it's right. NDE accounts, near-death experience accounts. I mean, I mean, some of the people that have come back have described, okay, so it's very similar to Earth, except it's more vibrant. So yeah. there's just more more vibrant colors and all. So yeah, I, yeah. I, oh man, so and maybe maybe you know when people talk about um, seeing their family members that have passed on uh, before before they take the journey across. Um, I think that they're there to help get them to the station that, you know, they need to. And um, I have experienced in readings before um, somebody who had um, like Alzheimer's or Mm -hmm. dementia or something that the family was actually there to catch, to catch their loved one when they passed away because they would be lost on the other side and that those people were there to catch them and take them you know, to the station or to the light, maybe, you know, the proverbial light is the station that we all go through. Right. You know, it's, it's all interesting to think about. And it makes you know, sense though. It, it to- when you think yeah. about it, it, it completely makes absolute <laughs> sense. So if we learned anything on tonight's show, Beetlejuice was right. <laughs> yes. No, it is. I just want, I mean, I've seen this movie a hundred thousand times but yeah. i watched it about a week ago and i was like god you know i really thought i'm like god this movie gets a lot right in a, in a crazy weird way <laughs> so, exactly I mean, you know I... yeah if we can take one thing away from from tonight <laughs> just uh don't get the what is it the four million eight hundred thirty nine thousand you know you know you're holding on to <laughs> you want to be you want to be number four or whatever the number yeah. was. <laughs> yes. On, uh, on the next one. That's exactly. the one you want to be. The next, uh, the next, the next one. one there. Um, well, you know, we're, we're getting towards the end here. So for uh, people listening out there, what are, uh, what are your top three places that you love to investigate in Southern California? Oh my God. Well, of course, I'm going to say the Ranch of Buena Vista Adobe. Sure. You know, you know it's going to be the Queen Mary. Sure. Now give us another one. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's it's almost a toss up. I, oh God, Southern California. 
it's almost a toss-up. I really love the Star of India in, in San Diego, which is part of the Maritime Museum of San Diego. But I also spent a, long, a lot of time investigating a lodge in Julian. Okay. So it's probably okay. a toss-up between those in Southern California. In oh. Southern California, right? In Southern California, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, there's another place that has um, had a conference, the Preston Castle. That's a beautiful place. Yeah, and, and you've been there. Uh, yeah, twice. Yeah. And what was what did you think? I haven't been there yet, and it looks really cool. <laughs> I was going to tell you earlier, and then my we got off, I, my mind got off track. But you would love it. It's it's a beautiful place, lots of history, uh, lots of paranormal activity. My very first time I went there in 2017, I drove up and they were closed. So I just kind of went to the gate and there you mm-hmm. have like a perfect view of, of the structure. And I actually got tears where I started sobbing. Really? I just literally started sobbing and I just felt, I felt sadness with a mixture of beauty and peace. It was kind of all I guess jumbled in together. Yeah, and interesting. So when you hear of the history of that place, it kind of totally would make sense. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. that's that's cool. I, you know, someday I, I want to get there and check it out. It just it looks like a really cool. Yeah, the way it's oh, laid out and everything, and it looks it looks like a really interesting place. And of course, if it's got a cool history, I'm I'm all about that <laughs> oh and it totally does yeah i own california is a neat little town too yeah and it's kind of out it's out in the middle of nowhere right <laughs> pretty much yeah but there's all kinds of little towns like near it so it's a really yeah. neat part of northern california yeah someday someday i'm gonna get there but yeah um and they do a they've been doing a conference there um and i'm interested to see if they do a virtual one um, this year so i don't know they usually do it in june uh, i don't know if they're doing a virtual one we'll have to check okay. that out but uh, you would definitely like it it's it's a good conference too yeah yeah um, it sounds so, like a lot of fun and yeah. anybody uh you know listening out there check out i, I don't know if it's prestoncastle.org but just google think, preston castle yeah preston school of industry or preston castle and it'll it'll take you right to the website. yeah just google that and and check it out and my goodness, it's been two hours. Two hours. Coming to the end. I Thank know. you, Nicole, so much for sharing your stories and experiences yeah. and thoughts on stuff. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, no, you're, my pleasure. Um, <laughs> and so I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with my guest, Mary Bethune from awesome. the Olympic Peninsula Paranormal Society. Uh, excited for that. Um, I think we'll probably play some audio. Um, oh, that would be a, great. A lot of my audio pieces, I have evidence from Port Gamble. Um, you hear Mary speaking on them because <laughs> oh, she was there. Fantastic. Um, so I've investigated a lot with her. She's just a neat person and, and looking forward to that. But I want to thank you again and check out Nicole's show, The Afterlife Chronicles. If you haven't yet, it's right here on Let's Talk Radio, Thursday nights, uh, 6 p.m., Pacific time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dang time zones. Dang um, time zones. <laughs> yeah. But check that out. Check out the other shows on the station too. Um, you know, if catch up on past episodes, you know, check out the show archive, WLTKDB.com. This is Let's Talk Radio. It's Paranormal Pete Show. And I'll leave everybody with the past is history. The future is a mystery. But today's a gift because it's the present. 
Don't forget to live in the now and take a moment to be here, right here, right now. Hug the ones you're with and virtually hug everybody else for now. And it's your host, Peter Orbea. We'll see you next week on Let's Talk Radio.